This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is My Mind Emporium. Welcome to my podcast, you guys. Well, we talk about everything. We talk about the weird and all the other stuff, you know? So today, I want to break... Um, well, I kind of broke my rule for Monday. My Monday, my Monday, either Man Candy Monday or Movie Monday. I kind of did a Man Candy. Um, he's not really my Man Candy. Uh listen to my previous podcast about how I really feel about this guy. Um, but I have not got any angry emails yet, so I guess he's unbothered. Anyway, today is Toxic Tuesday. Um, I hope you guys are not having a Toxic Tuesday. Um, I already told y'all this weekend was janky. I put it on my Instagram. My weekend was janky. I don't know why it was janky. It was just janky. But all in all, it was janky. And um, with all these bad news happening and stuff happening around the time of year where we're supposed to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I feel like I need to go over again um, about how I feel about toxic ass relationships because I'm noticing a trend here. And this is not new. Toxic relationships are not new. Um, this is something that we just realized has gotten worse because y'all realizing that your faves are in relationships that are toxic and are bad and y'all notice that they are doing things they're not supposed to be doing. But I'm not just talking about toxic relationships people have in person. I'm talking about toxic relationships with people on the internet, people doing toxic things on the internet, People um, having toxic behavior, people backstabbing people, all that, all that, all that, all that. Because it's almost like we have forgotten how to be a human being. We have become a generation where it's okay to be unbothered, but it's not okay for you to be triggered. Even though you may suffer from PTSD for whatever childhood trauma you have. And it should not be made fun of when somebody has gotten into any childhood trauma as a child. Um, it shouldn't at all. But I'm noticing that only certain people get sympathy for childhood trauma. And they can make excuses for why they do things because of childhood trauma. Um, so... The problem with that is that it's toxic and it's limited and sympathy is limited to people, to certain people in certain situations. Um, right now we have a trial of George Floyd uh, where they're trying to figure out if they're going to convict this bastard for choking him in front of everybody for 10 minutes. Um, I don't think this man should even give a chance to even arrest his case. I'm a firm believer. I feel like this man should just get the same thing that he was given, which is 10 minutes of somebody's knee on his neck. Okay? Karma. What goes around, karma's around. I hope he get his ass beat in prison. Um, I think he's disgusting. 
I think this man is disgusting and he deserves to get his ass beat. I want him to get messed up every day of his life. I want every prisoner in that prison to beat the shit out of this man for what he did to George Floyd. Okay? So I don't think he should even have a trial. They should just beat his ass until he die. But, you know, the huge toxic ass relationship in America is its relationship with black people. Just say you don't like us. <sighs> like, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. There's even a trial. There's no question this man murdered this man in front of everybody in a camera and had a smug look on his face. There is no trial. Just beat his ass until he die. You don't get a chance because you didn't give George Floyd a chance, bitch. I'm sorry. That pisses me off. It pisses me off he even gets to have a trial and he gets to defend himself. That pisses me off because there's no defense what people saw in the tape, which was a man choking another man in the neck. But that is a high description. That's a big description of the relationship between America and black people. You can always have a knee to our neck, even when we're not wrong. Now we're all doing this whole...
I, w- I would like to ask, and I would like to know, did dare ever help anybody in life? It says to lead, lead lives free from violence, substance use, and other dangerous behaviors. Did somebody ever tell Gorilla Glue Girl to not put Gorilla Glue on her hair? When the Tide Pod Challenge was happening, did anybody in the D.A.R.E. program say you're not supposed to eat Tide Pods? Granted, you're not supposed to eat Tide Pods. Let's go right along. It says, why dare? The most comprehensive drug prevention curricula in the world. I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever looked back at the class that graduated in uh, fifth grade in 2000? Ask them if they do drugs. If they do alcohol. Have they ever been in a violent situation? Granted, we were the last generation that was about that life. So you tell me. DARE Education Programs, the Drug Abuse Resistant Education Program, is the most comprehensive drug prevention curricula in the world taught in thousands of schools throughout America, America's 50 states and its territories, as well as it in 50 plus other countries reaching more than 1.5 million students annually. Do you ever reach out to those 1.5 students annually to see if they are still not doing drugs? Dare education program endorsements and support. Dare elementary, middle, and high school curricula. I don't remember having one in middle or high school. As well as enhancements lessons on subjects that include bullying, internet safety, and over-the-counter prescription drugs and opiate abuse have been developed through partnerships with highly respected universities and prevention education experts. Each curriculum has been developed and approached under the guidance of DARE America Scientific Adversary Commitment, chaired by Richard Clayton, Ph.D., Really? We're doing, we're helping the opiate crisis before or after it became a crisis. After a review that considered multiple criteria, DARE America partnered with Pennsylvania State University to develop and adopt the Keeping It Real Drug Program Drug Prevention Curriculum. Sorry, it's real, Keeping It Real Drug Prevention Curriculum. So I guess this is where y'all show everybody the lungs of a smoker, um, the heart of an opiate user, the brain of uh, a pill popper, stuff like that. Is that what y'all do? Okay. After a review, the considered multiple criteria Dear America program with Pennsylvania State University to build up. Okay, we're already talking about that. In 2008, Dear Lunch Keeping It Real in Middle Schools. In 2013, Dear Lunch Cures Elementary School Curricula. 
Multiple government organizations and institutions, as well as highly respected journals, have endorsed and favorable reported upon theirs, keeping it real, Corilla Cordura. Okay, cool. Surgeon General reports. Um, no, we're not looking that up. The Surgeon General 2016 landmark reports entitled Facing Addiction in America, the Surgeon General reports on alcohol, drugs, and health, concludes that alcohol and drug misuse disorder and addiction are among America's most pressing most pressing public health concerns. As the Surgeon General report states, the good news is that there's still a strong scientific evidence supporting the effectiveness of prevention programs and policies. Keeping a real curriculum is among a number of programs the Surgeon General identify as building social, emotional, cognitive, and substance refusal skills that provides children accurate information on rates and amount of pure substance use. I wish in those programs y'all also include a program about adulting and how adulting could lead to you using those substances. But once again, you know, nobody ever want to talk about that because it takes a whole lot for somebody to get to doing drugs. It takes somebody to go through some pain and some years of troubles. And I don't quite understand. We teach kids that, but that's when things are not supposed to be as hard as it is as an adult. But if you are a kid and you already taught that, you would know the problem. You see how it affects your family. But if she's somebody like me, it, it, it's not like that. Anyway, let's go on with this. California, oh, wait a minute. No, this is the other one. President 2017 Commission on Combating Drug Addiction and the Opiate Crisis. The Presidential Commission recently released reports state substance abuse prevention is a process which requires a shift in behavior, culture, and community norms. When evidence-based programs are selected for specific populations I'm implementing with fidelity, they can be effective. School programs implementing environmental approach together, targeting children focused on building a repertoire of positive competency, including in the area of academics, self-regulations, and social skills. The commission report identified Keep It Real as one such intervention program. California Healthy Kids Resource Center. The California Healthy Kids Resource Center, a division of the California Department of Health and Education, Professional research and evaluation staff ensure optimal service for families and children by providing internal and external stakeholders with useful tools and information that can be used for program evaluation, forecasting, and strategic, strategic planning contracts compliance and advocacy. The center list keep it, it real as a research validated. It's equivalent of an evidence-based ranking. United Nations, there is the only international drug prevention curricula to hold consultative state status with Committee on Non-Government Organization of the United Nations Economic and Social Council. Scientific America and September 10th, 2014 issue, Scientific America published an article entitled The New Dare Program and This One's Work. This article notes that the Richard Clayton, Ph.D., a retired prevention researcher formerly of the University of Kentucky, was also once an outspoken critic of DARE, has since been invited to join his DARE board of directors and chairs a specific a scientific advisory committee. Alcoholism and Drug Abuse Weekly. Well, let, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now with the whole alcoholism thing. Uh, you talked to me before the pandemic. 
In August 2017, Alcoholism and Drug Abuse Weekly published a comprehensive article on the significant change in their curricula over the past decade. Among the information presented in the articles are the following. Randomized controlled trials of new curriculum called Keeping It Real have shown that in 14 months, drug use was reduced in students who received the DARE curriculum compared to peer who didn't. I'm going to start reading this right there because I want to give my personal perspective on DARE personally. Because I feel like as someone who went through the program in school and we had a little graduation, I feel like that if you're going to tell me not to do these things, you could at least prepare me for what could cause me to go down the rabbit hole to do these things. Because when I was 10 years old, going through the D.A.R.E. program, I am very sure, I am very sure that I was not going through anything in my life that would have caused me to do drugs. Matter of fact, I didn't even know what drugs were. I still don't know the difference between crack, cocaine, and heroin. I'm not trying it neither. I'm not trying it just to see what it is. I don't want to know what it is. That's something I don't want to do. But let me tell you something. Does that program still tell you that marijuana is bad? Because back in my day, when we were in school, they were telling us straight up, oh, marijuana is awful. It's bad for you. You're not supposed to do it. Now that we have a bunch of states that are legalizing it, we have a bunch of states that are selling it. Is marijuana still on the list of drugs that the D.A.R.E. program tell us that is not that is bad for you? Or they stop saying that? I'm just asking for a friend because I'm confused to what is wrong and what is right. And I remember back in the D.A.R.E. program also, they did, I think they were talking about pills and somebody was talking about pills. I remember they were talking about pills and stuff like that. I felt like the D.A.R.E. program was more toward people who had already developed a drug problem. As for 11, 10-year-old Tiffany, no. I did not, I was not curious about the medication my great-grandmother had in the thing. The only thing I messed up and took was X-Lax. I was pooping for 40 days and 40 nights, and I'm pretty sure I got down to a size one. But there was things you were made aware of in the D.A.R.E. program that you did not know. And I'm telling you, 10, 11-year-old Tiffany did not know it. Y'all can call bullshit on me all you want to. You can say because I'm black, I should know about these things. But I did not know it because I did not live in around an environment where people were smoking, were, were smoking, whatever. Okay, you know, I don't even, do you smoke crack or what? I don't even know what you do with crack. I wasn't around people who shot up heroin in front of me. I wasn't around people who snorted cocaine. I did not know anything about that because I was not raised around that in my environment. So I'm just wondering, are you doing any damage there? Or are you doing something that's good for people? Because like I said, I never thought about going into my great-grandmother's cabinet and getting out some pills and taking them.
And then we go and have a whole conversation. And it's about these teenage girls going to a cabinet and taking out some pills and talking about some, hey, my mom has some pills in a cabinet. You want to tag them? And I'm like, you can get high off the pills in a cabinet? Great, it was Tylenol. And like I said, it's lax. And I'm telling somebody's business right now. But I'm just saying, if there was no hard drugs in a cabinet in my house. I'm just saying, it was cough syrup. But I didn't even know you could do a concoction with that. I didn't know codeine could be uh, an addiction. I'm reading this article and it's telling you, not the article, I'm reading this whole site and it's telling you everything that you need to know and what you need to say and everybody wants to sit up there and say and act like people who do drugs are not educated about drugs. They know about drugs, okay? They know about drugs. They're educated about drugs. When people sell you that bullshit lie, and I'm telling you this, there was a D.A.R.E. program in all the schools in America, right? So how can kids not know about these drugs, right? How can they grow up into adults who are codependent on these drugs? Let me tell you how. The one thing what I don't understand about schools and what I will never understand when it comes to schools is that they never warn you about being an adult. Granted, I was warned about being an adult. I was warned that it was going to be hard. But when you go to schools and they do all these programs to keep you from doing uh, drugs, they make you wear red ribbons to say you don't do drugs, no drugs. Even in high school, you have a red ribbon that says you don't do drugs. And uh, we all know there's just classmates smoking weed and shit like that. But at the end of the day, they don't tell you what leads you down the road to doing drugs. So let's talk about the things that may lead you going down the road to doing drugs. Because people don't talk about how traumatizing it is. And like I said, I'm thinking about DMX. He's heavy on my brain right now. Y'all know what traumatizing things he's been through. I'm pretty sure he told the story. I have not watched any documentaries or anything that have to do with him to tell the story about some of the traumatizing things going in life. But if you live in a country that literally tells you they don't like you every day, and this is for not just black men, this is for black women and black children. If you live in a world that tell you that you don't deserve to be in the upper echelon just because of the color of your skin. And it's okay for somebody to beat you. It's okay for somebody to disrespect you. It's okay for somebody to treat you like a subhuman. Why not lead to the life of being in a delusional world? What's wrong with that, huh? What's wrong with being in a life where I can live in Mars in my head rather than live in this damn country and being treated like a three-fifths of a person? So when I break this down, I want you to understand that the school system is not teaching and teaching you the understanding of how it feels to be an adult in life, how it feels to be a black person in life, and what happens in your life that could lead to you doing substances. So I'm going to talk about a few things, a few toxic behaviors that's going on that cause somebody to go into drugs. Um, and there's a lot of toxic things that are going on now that I would say will lead to somebody going to drugs. There are going to be a group of people that are part of a group called Carbonation. They're going to be doing drugs after this because of what 
Nature Boy is doing. And I don't care if you hear what I'm saying and what I'm saying, but I'm telling you because people go through toxic situations, it leads to them doing drugs. So let's talk about these toxic situations. The things that lead you to doing drugs, because nobody talks about that. They do the D.A.R.E. program, but they don't tell you about what leads you to doing these things. Or what leads to a child doing these things. So we're going to talk about that. One of the main reasons and probably the number one reasons that lead to people that doing drug and alcohol abuse is financial hardship. As someone who's going through a financial hardship a little bit right now, I don't know how y'all get the money to drink alcohol. I don't know how y'all do it, but apparently y'all find a way to get money for alcohol and drugs. Financial hardship is a number one issue in a household, an American household, especially after a traumatic year and a pandemic. If you live in a household and your parents have financial hardship, if you are a household that have financial hardship, you know that it's something that will lead you to go down a rabbit hole of wanting you to create a delusional world. People have picked up several habits during this pandemic. Like drinking. I want to say smoking weed is bad, but if you're doing it every day, it's bad. Some people try the hard drugs. Some people are getting prescription drugs. They're going to doctor's offices, getting Xanax, Perks, um, all of them. I don't know all of them. uh, You know, I don't know any of those drugs. Taking uppers and downers to keep their mood stabilized. Financial hardship is one of the number one things. That caused someone to fall into a great depression and to have great anxiety and to not be able to just eat, sleep, or drink at night. It's an issue that plagues you, whether it happens in your early adulthood and whether it happens in your later adulthood. It is a problem with you. I want to talk talk about why this is an issue very prevalent now, because we are noticing a huge shift in how dynamics have changed in this economy based off the fact that we have been in a pandemic for a whole year now. A lot of y'all have noticed that people were out of work last year. They wanted to lock down. When the country went into lockdown, there was only a few professions that had jobs. There was a food service industry, the essential workers, the grocery store workers, the um, fast food workers that y'all talking shit about. Y'all always talk shit about the fast food workers. I talk shit about them too. But y'all always talk shit about the fast food workers, but they were the only ones working. People in the food service industry, people who work at the grocery store, people who um, people who work, did those jobs like that, they had jobs. People who were doctors, nurses, CNAs, certified nurse assistants, people like that, they were working. Paramedics, they were working. The police, 
Always working. <laughs> <laughs> if you are not one of those people who were doing those type of jobs, you were not making a lot of money this year, last year. You have people who have experienced financial hardship just based off the pandemic alone. So them being in a house with alcohol and pain pills will cause anyone to spiral out of control. Because keep in mind, if you had made money, a lot of people who were also affected also were musicians. You know, everybody in the entertainment industry, they were making big bucks. There's a lot of people y'all have not heard from because of the pandemic. Because they did not know how to work this pandemic. So this pandemic showed a lot of people what it felt like to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Another reason why you would go into doing drugs as an adult or as a teenager is domestic violence and assault and battery. Domestic violence is assault and battery, but when I talk about assault, I'm talking about everything that's assault, including sexual assault. There are a lot of people that go through things that I would never understand or they would never understand why they went through those things, but they went through those things and it caused them to be an excruciating pain that we will never understand. But people act like they don't go through these things, right? They act like they've never been through domestic violence. People act like they've never been uh, sexually assaulted, abused, neglected. These are things that cause you to be To go to alcohol and drugs. And when I'm talking about drugs, I'm talking about their hard stuff. I'm talking about cocaine, crack, heroin, perks, stuff like that. There's a large group of people who are have, have been assaulted. Whether it's sexually, they have been beaten, bruised, battered, all these things. Human need healthy human contact. So when we are given unhealthy human contact, we don't know how to deal with it. And sometimes the best way we deal with it is through drug habits. And because this program does not teach you those things about being an adult and what happens in your life. When these things happen to you, because we're not taught to be healthy adults no more. That's what happens. There's a lot of people that go through domestic situations. There's a lot of people who go through a sexual assault, sexual um, um, molestation and all those things as children. 
or as teenagers or even as adults. But this country and the law does not handle it the right and the proper way. It's almost like the law system has it to where it makes it hard for the victim than it does for the person that did the crime. But that's a whole nother subject y'all want to talk about. What are other things that could happen that could make somebody go into drugs and do drugs? Family tragedies. You know, sexual assault and domestic violence can be lumped into that too. Because if your mom was murdered by your dad because he was it was a domestic violence situation, that is part of it. So you're already dealing with the trauma of watching your parents fight each other every day. And then you your dad finally does something to murder your mom or your mom murdered your dad. And that caused a, a great deal of pain. It caused pain that nobody deserves to deal with. But because I said people who report that these things happen get looked over. And there are no programs that are very preventative of keeping you from being in a situation like that. What else do you go to? And then there's also the case of just being lonely. You're by yourself. You have the money you want. You have the car you want to drive. But nobody want to be around you. And it doesn't matter why people don't want to be around you. You're just neglected by society. You know what program we do need in this world? We need a program that help us deal with pain in a more healthy way. How do you deal with losing family? How do you deal with, with being in an abuse, abusive environment? How do you deal with financial problems? Granted, y'all got a whole bunch of programs to deal with uh, financial problems, but y'all don't have a whole lot of programs that deal with simple human contact. How to properly talk to a young lady and get her attention to go out with you. No, instead, y'all get mad. A girl says no, and you want to punch her in her face. That's not healthy. A guy said he going out with his friends and you don't believe him. You go to the bar and beat him upside the head with a beer bottle. That's not healthy. You're not supposed to be beating the man with the beer bottle. If we had programs that help humans to deal with how to be humans, then maybe we can build a better society. So instead of warning children about these things that they don't think about until something very painful happened to them. People themselves. Oh, honey, she rude. She is rude, rude, rude.
It seems like people don't understand people no more. It's always you're pressed, you're mad, you're unhappy, you're bitter. But nobody tried to do anything to make it better. It is made fun of that you're unhappy, that you're bitter, that you're unsatisfied. And instead of trying to fix it, we poke fun of it. And then we wonder why the person leads them down to a hole of having alcoholic poisoning, a drug overdose, or them just committing suicide. People need to learn how to deal with people better than more now than ever. Actually, we are put in a situation where we have to deal with people now more than ever So instead of telling kids what not to get into, teach kids how to deal with being around each other. Who's that calling me? Girl. You know, you know what's another thing that is very like it could get in people's head? This whole scam likely thing that's going on that's calling people, that's not okay neither. Scam likely over here calling folks and bugging folks for no reason. Why are you calling me, Miss Likely? Leave me alone, sir. But when it comes to people and dealing with people and how we should deal with people, that is the main thing we should focus on. That's the one thing I'm realizing now as a person. Think about how you deal with people rather than exploit people. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I know this is not your favorite Toxic Tuesday. But I had to talk about something toxic because I feel like y'all are all mouth and everybody know what they talking about. Everybody done figure it out. Everybody walking right here, want to sit up here and talk about some, this, you know, whole thing. Talk about acting like DMX not a human being. And like y'all ain't ever sit up there and almost died because you drunk alcohol and decided to go drive in your car. Don't throw stones if you have not sinned, friend. Okay, that's a Bible verse. Our friend, Mr. DMX, at least he had the balls to admit that he was troubled. Some of y'all got the broom so far up your ass, you won't admit that you're having problems. And it's funny to me how y'all heard him do songs, crying out for help and telling him, uh, you know, him telling you that he had these problems. 
it's funny how y'all heard these songs, y'all blasting these songs, but at the end of the day, when he got out of prison, Instead of letting him live life the healthy way, y'all was trying to squeeze some more music out of him. Am I not correct? When y'all trying to squeeze music out of him after he got out of prison? Oh, well, he's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, but when he makes a lot of money, he's not satisfied. And he's not taking care of himself spiritually and emotionally and physically and mentally. He ain't going to be able to enjoy the money in a healthy way. Stop criticizing folks. Stop talking about what you think happened because you don't know what happened. I don't, and I already said on my post, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to see y'all post anything awful about his whole situation because I'm tired of this happening. I'm really tired of my our faves going down a rabbit hole of pain and we want to sit up there and say, well, this happened and that happened. And we were the main ones sitting there laughing at them when they had a drug problem. We we're the main ones sitting there laughing at them when they were falling out on stage, when they were sitting there cussing out people having meltdowns. We were laughing at them. Now it's not funny. If anything, we should take time to try to understand why we're so demented and so screwed up in the society to where we don't understand people's pain anymore. If somebody say they're in pain, it is not mean they're triggered. I should be able to come to you about my pain, but if I can't talk to you and you ain't shit to talk to, what do you think I'm going to go? That's the problem with y'all. Y'all ain't shit. <laughs> you ain't shit. So before you make a comment about somebody who's publicly having an issue and having a relapse, why don't you look at the little relapses your little sorry ass is having your little traveling ass life. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I don't want to hear a damn negative ass thing from nobody about no one anymore. Until you figure out how to deal with human issues the human way, don't talk to me about nothing else. Still stay positive. Stay, keep them in your prayers. And we need to figure out as a society how to keep this from happening because we are losing people who are very important to our culture. And that's not good. But they're supposed to be able to talk to you. And they can't talk to you because you're busy laughing at them because you think it's funny. It's not funny, okay? It stopped being funny a long time ago. With that being said, bye.